Hello guys, uh, welcome to another episode of the Arseholics. As always, we thank you for tuning in. Raj and Aaron, how's it going, mate? Boys? Good evening. Good evening. I can't believe the season's like, how many, two days away? Yes, mm. two days away from when we're recording, yeah. How are you guys generally feeling? Yeah, it's weird because we, yeah, it feels like we've talked a lot in our WhatsApp group, but this is I mean, how many pods did we do during preseason? Hardly any, right? I think we only did two. Um, so, like, it feels like we're talking about we're talking about football for the first time in ages. It, just feels, it kind of feels weird like that. I, uh, yeah, like I, I'm not feeling great to be honest. I think for some for some reason I was feeling okay about a week or so ago, but I think it's just dawned upon me that we've got a Premier League game in two days against a team that's just been promoted with a new stadium. I mean, what could go wrong? Do you know what I mean? And like, and I think I just feel for whatever reason, wholly underprepared. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm excited. And until I log on to Twitter and that sucks all the life out of me because it's becoming a very depressing place. Like listening to other Arsenal fans just, who, like, I'm not criticising their opinions, but the general mood on social media around Arsenal at the moment, and we will probably discuss this, seems very, very negative. But I'm actually looking forward to it because, you know, just the fact that fans are back, um, we'll, we'll start going to games again, which would be good. Like, last season for me, that whole closed-doors football was just... It was basically a TV show, right? Hmm. Um, whereas this feels like proper football is back after a long time. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that bit, going to games, watching games on TV with fans. That'll be good. Friday will be really good, even though we're not going. It'll be really good <laughs> up until we like up until kickoff. And then like <laughs> we start analyzing what we actually do on the pitch and then it'll probably get depressing again. It's interesting because, you know, when you refer to Arsenal Twitter and the atmosphere on Arsenal Twitter, it, it does feel like we've hit this weird tipping point recently where, um, you know, I think over the last few years, it's been getting increasingly negative. I think the negative voices have been kind of growing and growing and growing. Um, the momentum to be to be negative, the kind of, I suppose, the um, validation you get when you say something negative or, or, or criticize the, the team, the manager, the whatever. I mean, it's like it's almost like you could say Arteta out, and you'd suddenly get about a thousand new followers. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's like that's kind of the atmosphere. But it feels like we're at this weird tipping point where I see a lot of fans now kind of on Twitter, kind of saying, you know, enough's enough. Like at some point you've just got to support this team. Um, I see a lot of that now and it feels like we're getting this this divide that almost seems to be uh, creating where you've got fans. Yeah. yeah, you've got you've got fans who are just, who I think we're saying, okay, guys, do you know what? Like, yeah, okay, we're not saying everything's great or anything, but at some point you just have to support anyone who wears the shirt and you have to support whoever the manager is and you have to be optimistic. Sometimes without logic you have to be optimistic because that's kind of what it's about and it feels like that group are are gathering their own little bit of momentum um i, I don't know if that's what you guys have noticed yeah, i was gonna say do you do you guys think that that's as a result of twitter and social media or do you think that's more a result of kind of how fans are now represented when you look at kind of fan channels and the popularity they've gained through well essentially rants and and and, and kind of slagging off players and the manager and things like that yeah Ooh, sorry that's my phone but um yeah i think um it's one of those where 
when we go to a game, it's very, very different. You don't see a lot of that. Well, personally, I don't see a lot of that. I um, like we went to the last game of the season, the last home game against Brighton. That was that was a dead game, pretty much. There was nothing riding on it, and the atmosphere was still really good. Um, I kind of hope that the game against Chelsea will be a bit like that as well, um, where like a lot of fans are going to be back for the first time and they'll be really excited. But online, it's just a different, it's a different world. There are all sorts of accounts, and you don't know what their motivations are. But um, I'm I'm increasingly starting to feel like a bit of an old man mm. when I'm on Twitter these days of all these kids and the fan accounts and how popular they are. And I'm just like, I don't get any of this. And yeah. it, an interesting evolution I found as well is that you you kind of had that period where where you know say. Twitter started, Arsenal Twitter started, you had uh, people who went to games, people who didn't go to games, the, the, the people who didn't go to games because of Twitter just kind of getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Obviously, that percentage um, vastly kind of outweighed the amount of, say, say match-going fans. And I think that um, some match-going fans could be blamed for being quite arrogant in how they spoke on Twitter, almost like if you weren't a match-going fan, if you weren't a season ticket holder, now what do you know? Like, you know, and kind of almost shooting down the, the, the opinion. And, uh, you know, that's not healthy and that's not good. And, you know, we can talk about that all day as well. But what I found, I found something really interesting, which is it felt like the opposite has just happened, where, so I on, on, on Twitter, I, this happened recently, like, I think even probably earlier today, actually, I was, I was engaging with someone. We were talking about supporting the team or whatever. And it was, it was about um, something about Aaron Ramsdale. And I think we were sort of saying, oh, you've got to give him a you know, benefit of the doubt if he, if he plays for us or something. And a comment, someone referred, someone referred to us as the natives and was basically just like, this, <laughs> this is the problem with the natives, you know, the, na- the natives on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's like basically like saying, that, you know, that basically the narrative around this is very short. But the narrative around this is almost like the, the natives are ruining the club. It's the first time a brown guy in the UK has been called a native. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's really interesting because is there this mentality that's maybe realised? Is there a mentality from the global Arsenal fan base that the fans in the stadium are like letting the are letting the rest of the fans down by almost being kind of blind in their like kind of faith and loyalty to the club? It's amazing because I think to, to think that that really shows a massive disconnect with the relationship that some people have with the club. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not. I don't think we should like lecture on what's right and wrong. I think, you know, at the end of the day, we we finished eighth last season. So you could very easily make a case that Arteta is the wrong guy for the job, that everything is crap, and we're going to finish eighth again or even worse. Um, but you could spin it the other way. So I don't think we should dismiss it. But this whole online world is it just seems like it's a very different way of supporting a football club. And that's, yeah, some of these fans, are, you know, they watch every game and they stay up till 2, 3 a.m. So it's not saying that we're better, but it's just, it's very, very it's a very, very different way to the way that I support Arsenal and probably you guys support Arsenal. Um, and yeah, I just find it very, very strange. I guess uh, a big part of the reason that we're getting or Arsenal Twitter is... Um especially in the last few weeks or since the season ended, um, a big reason for the negativity is probably people are looking at the work we've done in the transfer market, both incomings and the players that we were looking to to move on, which hasn't really happened. Um, 
uh, and are probably a bit disappointed with that. And I think there's some negativity coming from that, obviously. But I guess we, it's probably a good point for us to talk about how we feel the summer's gone uh, from our perspective. Um, we obviously know that we've not been able to, like I said, move on the players that we wanted to. I think it's just been, is the only outgoing Gwendouzi? Um, to buy. Yeah, Mav- so. Mavroponos went before that. Yeah. Um, but Gwendouzi, yeah, and... Saliba as well, sorry. Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So obviously there are a number of players that, going back to the end of last season, we thought were definitely on the way out um, and that hasn't happened. But there have been some encouraging signs in terms of the players that we brought in. We've obviously gone really big on a centre-back, Ben White. And, you know, even today we were linked with, as you said, Raj Ramsdale. Um, you know, it looks like it would be a quite a, quite a big signing in terms of the the price point anyway. Um, and we seem to be constantly being, you know, linked with lights of Erdegaard, Madison, um, strikers here and there as well. So potentially still some more work to do, but I guess, you know, interesting just to see, you know, how do you feel this summer's gone so far in terms of, um, in terms of the transfer window anyway? Um, I think it overall where we are right now, like at this very point in time, um, I don't think it's, it's gone well at all. Um, not at all. Sorry, that, that sounds extreme. Um, I think a large reason why I don't think it's gone well at all is because I think we genuinely did have plans of selling a lot of players and, uh, and, you know, you can write, you can list these players and a lot of these players were players who potentially we were hoping for 15 to 25 million, that kind of bracket value. There were lots of players that you can list off Maitland Niles, you know, uh, Nelson Willick, um, you know, you carry on Gwendouzi even kind of, you know, when you go, and now to think, like you said before, my like you know we've only we've only sold a couple of them, and not for the amount of money that we would have hoped for. Probably, I think in that it's been a I wouldn't say a wholesale failure because I don't think it's completely the club's fault. I think at the end of the day, if the bids haven't been coming in for these players, then in some ways we're right to just not sell players for the cheap. Maybe it's just the the nature of the market that we're in, you know. Um, and in some ways, you could probably say the club have done a decent job of getting to a situation where there, there aren't that many players in their last year that you have to sell. Maybe you can you can wait out a little longer but so but i think that accompanied with if you look at the you know our purchases i think it started off with a lot of promise you know not only with Tavares and laconga kind of you know there was also you know we were going to get basuma we were all the kind of functional areas that we we wanted to address it looked like it was okay but then you know the ben white saga kind of happened excellent but other than that geez i think you know we're a couple of days away and i think there are so many positions that we we thought we'd strengthen and it doesn't look like we're anywhere near do you reckon it's just um, the fact that there was just so much work to examine? I think you mentioned it one of the episodes at the back end of last season around there's just so much work to do in terms yeah, of, yeah. you know, the positions that we need to fill, um, players we need to replace, can't players come to the end of their contracts. And do you think it's just a case of this isn't the amount of work that needs to be done just can't be done in a single window, along with think, the other factors like COVID, you know, it's a COVID market. And all yeah, that. I, I think you're spot on. So I think it's, we we knew that we had a lot to do. And I think... But nobody, no one really expected us to do all of it. And, yeah, the huge caveat is there's still, you know, 20 days before the, the window actually closes. And personally, I always, in terms of incomings, this, this is kind of going as I planned. I knew, I kind of thought there would be a couple at the start who we'd kind of set our, set our eyes on and plan to get in. And then it, there would be a huge lull. And then I think the final week is going to be crazy, I think. Um and I think a, a large reason and a large part of that is because the market is really 
really quiet at the moment in terms of the fact that nobody really seems to have any money except the big rich super clubs um and money will need to filter down through the system to make its way to different places um and i think that's been the big the big shock i think we probably thought we'd be further along with sales by now with players like like willow like nelson like maitland niles players that we probably and we probably need to move on a lot of players before we can start buying in players in like players like a striker situation we can we can talk about lacazette I think we probably thought some bids would come in there. The Jacker situation, we probably thought in an ideal world we would have moved him on. Bellerin, we probably thought we would have moved him him on by now. And for whatever reason, nobody's really bidding competitively for our players. And we've chosen not to not to sell below market, whatever that market is. And now we're stuck because we probably need to sell to be able to buy. Yeah, I see. I see that. I think that the couple that would have surprised him the most is probably Bellerin, and to a certain extent Eddie. Um, mm. I think they they looked at both those players and thought, mm, I think we'll get we'll, 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 this won't be a problem. Um, but I think if I was a betting man, um, I completely agree with what you said, Aaron. And I think that the last couple of weeks might be mental. I think Arsenal are really 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 hopeful stroke optimistic of Odegaard coming on the market like it really feels Real Madrid I saw a rumor that he might be injured now is that true Ceballos is injured Ceballos is injured okay yeah with an injury that sounds incredibly painful because it's just massive in its Latin kind of um, expansive (laughs) name it's huge and you read it and you think oh my god like the guy's gonna have his leg amputated it's that complex a name but apparently it's only like a four week it's like it's like a four week (laughs) thing yeah something like that um but um but it but it feels like you know the tide is changed a little bit at Real Madrid where I again I think that they think that if they're going to do any kind of business they're going to need to um sell a couple of players and um and I, I do get that impression because the thing is guys wouldn't you just be so surprised like so for me if you look at the squad if you look at the first team it's not even a case because there's been some people of saying oh the first team hasn't really changed from last season aside from Ben White it's actually worse than that if you think about it because if we don't have Odegaard who was pretty much a regular yeah. fixture from an attacking sense we're a player down um so I can't I, I can't envisage us going into this season with Arteta knowing what's on the line he must know his his job is is on the line somewhat this season he must know Edu as well to to a some extent yeah. They can't be going in without thinking they're going to pull something off. I mean, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I I think they obviously know what the targets are or the positions they're targeting. Um, And I think it'll be interesting if things do happen towards the end of the window because we could get into this position like we were last summer where it went to the final day and we ended up triggering parties' release clause, having trying to you know having tried to negotiate for a while all summer as well. I wanted to touch on one particular player, which was James Madison, just because he's a player that I really like. And obviously, if we were to go and get him, it would be quite surprising in the fact that, and we've talked about this in our chats, that um, you know he, he isn't a traditional number 10. So would that mean a, a change in the system? Or do you guys think that's just more agent talk, rumours, and there's not really anything behind it? I mean, he seems like the kind of player that would be very keen to come to us. Um, and there's obviously some really, really attractive kind of attributes around him. The fact that he's English, he's young, he's a very, very good player as well. But it seems a little bit odd that we're being linked with him when, yeah, like I said, 
uh, it wouldn't necessarily slot straight into our system like Erdegaard did when he came in January. So- yeah, I, I like him. I do. I think he's a good player. But yeah, I just I'm not really sure where he where he fits in. He's not that final third pass kind of guy. He what he plays is more of a number eight type, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's a lot of money being quoted. And he's how old now? He's 28. I think no, no, he's much younger than that. He's, is he? Yeah, he's twenty four, twenty five. That kind of yeah. Thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Google it. Um, he's okay. twenty four. I'm pretty sure he's twenty four. It's twenty four. Okay. I think I looked this All up. Right. He's two years older than Odegaard is. Okay. In which case, the point <laughs> I was going to make is completely invalid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, because I think for me, it was what I found strange was the fact that he seemed a bit older than the type of player that we've been going for so far, which I really like. Which is that under 25 type who can we can keep for six, seven years, essentially two two big contracts. Um, and you look at the players that we've bought in, uh, Tavares, Laconga, Ben White, they're players that you would hope would stick around for 10 years. And we're building, and I like the fact that we're building a team, not just for two seasons, like we've tried to do with some of the older players, but for the next eight or nine seasons, where even if it doesn't work out, you still have a decent chance of getting a, your money back or a certain amount back with a with a sale fee and hopefully we can make some profit on some of these players if we do sell them but um yeah like it's a lot of money um i'm kind of past that point of looking at transfer fees now because it, mm. yeah back maybe three four seasons ago i think we used to just add them all up and be like this player 10 million this player 20 million this player 30 million sell this player for 20 million your net spend is 30 million but a that doesn't really include wages and then b Football finances are way, way more complicated than that in terms of instalments and how you like, account for signings and account for transfer fees. That you know, I read that you know, although Graylish costs Man City a hundred million because they've given him a six-year contract, they essentially split that fee over six years. So actually, Man City only are effectively paying under twenty million a season for him. Um, you mean in how they reflect it in their books? How they reflect yeah, it. Yeah. So all they need to do is make 16 million quid back or get that in, that money in, which is a lot more understandable and a lot more easier to digest. So these things are really complicated. I'm not going to pretend I understand the ins and outs of it. But yeah, that's why I'm not really looking at value for money. All I care about now is let's not do something silly like spend 75 million on Pepe when he's probably, you know, it's probably 20 or 30 million more than he was probably worth but let's you know if a player like ben white is available and we really do think he is going to be the center back then just go and get him i mean a question to you guys uh, would you if arsenal are going to spend a chunk of money let's just irrelevant how how much it is but let's just say if it's a choice of madison or odegaard who who would you take at arsenal if we assume like the same amount of money But, but let's just say going to your point say if you just don't care really you know and let's say it doesn't stop us doing any other business it's not like you sign one and you know it means yeah i think as a fan right i think madison probably excites me more in terms of the actual signing not to say that he necessarily fits the system better than erdegaard obviously we've seen what erdegaard can do but i think the fact that we've seen what erdegaard can do he's not uh i guess it was a it was a small sample size it was sort of six months and he was injured in that period five months but injured in that period but um madison yeah i think He's a really exciting player, um, you know, good on set pieces, dead balls. You know, he can hit them from long range. 
Um, and yeah, I think the fact that, like I said before, he's English and he's young as well. I'm not saying he's obviously Odegaard's very young as well, but I think all of those factors just um, for me means I would I'd probably be a bit more excited about signing him than almost re-signing a player that we've already seen. But from I guess that perspective of you know we talked about it, he's more of a number eight than a than a ten, and we seem to have that gap in the number ten position. Odegaard kind of makes more sense really for what we need. And like you know, we've already we've already seen what he can do, right? And he, we kept saying, you know, very silky player, fit straight into the into the system, worked well with the other players, and um, you know, seemed to be kind of like a nice character, humble guy, and all of that. So, um, I'd be happy with either, to be honest. I'd be happy with either yeah, at this same. stage. I really liked Odegaard when he was here. I don't know why he gets a bit of bad press from some Arsenal fans, and some people aren't excited. But I thought he was really good. Um, yeah. And he, he missed a couple of games through injury and we clearly looked worse without him. It's, yeah, so, but James Madison also excites me for the reasons you said, Mize, and maybe that little bit of Premier League experience mm. could be valuable for us because we've, you know, we could do with a few more kind of new leaders in this team that can come in and set an example for the for the, uh, the kind of younger players in the squad, he does strike me as the kind of person, Madison, who who would come in and really want to do well and be successful. Like I feel like he's probably looking for that next move. Where obviously he's won um, the cup at Leicester, but I feel like he's looking for that next move to a big club where he can almost you know break into the England squad and go to that next level. And I think that might be quite a good thing for us potentially. Um, yeah, if I was if I was Arteta and Eddie, the way I would sell it is we will build this team around you if you come. Like you would be one of the main men mm. in this Arsenal team for the next five or six years. You wouldn't come to be, you know, at Leicester, you know, Leicester are a great team, but that team very much seems like it, it was at least previously built to get the best out of Jamie Vardy. Um, whereas, and then you have, at Leicester they have Barnes, for example, and they've just signed a couple of other really good players as well. Whereas I think... Here, you could say you'll be one of the first names on the team sheet every week. And, you know, you could be a future captain. You could lead this team back into the Champions League, back into major trophy contention. And that'll be because we signed you. And that's that's quite an exciting thing, I think, for someone like him. I, th- yeah, I, th- I think that's a pretty scary prospect, to be honest. I think if we... Because I think if we sign Madison, and I think like we all agree, he's not he's not a number 10. And I think he himself has said, I'm not a number 10. And yeah. I think if we were to sign him, we'd basically be saying, all right, we're changing our formation and we're going to make you kind of a heartbeat in that formation. Um, yeah, that's quite a big risk to to change your formation for someone who, I mean, the thing is with Madison, like I, he's a really exciting player. I think some of the questions I have in my mind is, like, I imagine part of the reason why he's leaving Leicester is because he basically lost his place last season, and he was mm-hmm. benched like for the last third, more or less. It, you know, he lost oh, his he place. Not, was he not injured? I thought he was had a really long, a fairly long term injury, and then he came back and he was sort of in and out of the team. Is that? It's a, it's a good question. I don't know if the injury sparked him them losing his place. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, but he. Was, I think there's, there's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple of things because then Barnes, Barnes played behind, and then they moved to two up front with Inacho and Vardy, right? And yeah. then they because they sometimes played three at the back as well. Um, yeah just meant there was one less person yeah but yeah you're right he he was in and out of the team a lot yeah and I suppose all I'm going where I'm going with that is if he's a player that 
you know, perhaps was surplus to requirements to some degree in that in that case in Leicester. Is he a player that Arsenal should be building their team around? Um, I don't know. I still love him as a player. I, I actually really, really like like him as a player. It's just more around. I, I'm 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 scared of the thought of us moving to a system to accommodate a player like that. Like I don't think he's quite good enough for us to to do that. Um, and and assuming that we carry on in the formation that we're playing, assuming that we do the four two three one with a number ten, um, as, as completely assuming that's what we do, then for me it, it has to be Odegaard that you sign all, all the way. Um, but if you're spending sixty million on James Madison, you yeah. surely you don't do that unless you're planning on effectively building. Yeah, I agree. Him. I agree with you. I, I agree. So if we did he's that, not, then that's probably what we're going to do. Squad player, right? That you. Yeah, yeah. I hope they've had that. You know, you would hope that they've had that conversation. You know, they're not. They what we watch football. They watch football. They would know that it's not a secret that James Madison doesn't play at ten. Um, well, unless so, though, I hope yeah. Unless that what they're thinking is a similar way to. Buendia in the sense that Buendia wasn't a 10 and I think they they wanted they have been thinking about having someone who can play in those wide positions as well and Madison originally used to play out on that left hand side yeah yeah so I, I don't know that maybe it is maybe maybe we want to get ourselves set up maybe we want a squad that can give us different options etc I think one thing that's interesting guys before you know I'm sure we've got to sort of move on is yeah. um did you guys see the Athletic have put put out an article about expected threat. The statistic expected threat. Have you heard about this? So, so, so no. this round is really interesting. It's a massively depressing read if you're, if you're an Arsenal fan, right through uh, until you get towards the bottom, because effectively what what it, what it talks about. And I'm not going to do it justice, but I'll try and do it as high level and as accurate as possible. Basically, what it says is that obviously expected goals were was a big thing over the last you know few seasons, and it had merit and it was able to explain you know and bunch of things that the normal stats couldn't. But what it said was what it doesn't necessarily measure is that during a game, there are lots of situations which are more threatening than others. So, for example, if you have a ball, have the ball in a certain part of the field, and if you make a pass in a certain direction, that can suddenly make the situation more threatening than it was before that happened. Right, so before the ball was in that zone, or before a ball was moved into a different zone, or every time something happens, the situation gets more threatening. And you could put a metric around, so more threatening is in the more likely to score a goal. I.e., so like if you think about it this way, if a player has the ball on the penalty spot, you know, with the opposition's goals in front of them, versus in their own penalty area, mm. yeah, you're, it, it's multiple times more threatening when you are, you know, in front of the opposition's goal do you know what i mean right so because you're far more likely to score when you're in that position um so expected threat it, it, it's this it's this stat therefore that they're trying to put lots and lots of thoughts thought around and so when you go through the list it it, it looks at lots of different dimensions to this so it kind of looks at saying okay um what players uh have the most expected threat through their carries what players kind of have you know, the most amount of expected threat through long balls or whatever, like, you know, effectively, um, yeah, like different ways of me- measuring how how threatening a player adds, how much more threat a player adds to your team, basically. Um, they're on the vast majority of these tables, and so they list the top 20 players. There's no Arsenal player in that top 20 list. Oh, yeah, I was going to Like, not, not, not at all. There's, like, not at all. Apart from 
one table at the bottom and that table at the bottom was it, it i can't remember what the title was but it was used to describe players who when they receive the ball make the situation more threatening so the thing that they do after they get the ball how much more threatening do they make it does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. and basically number one was kevin de bruyne and on the same score pretty much exactly the same score as kevin de bruyne was martin odegaard and so so that was really interesting for me because that just in, that basically indicates out uh, of the players in the premier league the only person but you know based on last season the only player who took the situation that they were in and made it more threatening more consistently was odegaard and 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 thinking. so so that for me was like that's kind of when you want to have a number 10 that's like exactly what you want mm. Right? Yeah, ideally you'd want it for more than just your number 10. Yeah, of course, there. of course. I guess, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. My point is about... Probably a feature of our play yeah. and how poor I thought we were going forward last season. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I take your point. I think we absolutely need to add a creative player in the next two weeks. Otherwise, we'll be in big trouble. Yeah, I, I think what, what I'm sort of referring to is going full circle right back to the beginning when you said, you know, Aaron, and about some of the bad press that Odegaard gets. And I just don't really understand that. Like, I think we were we were significantly better when he came into the team. But also, we we look at Martinelli to, to ESR and these guys and we think, you know, we're so optimistic because they're young or whatever. He's 22 as well. He's he's yeah. still so young. People like people like new things. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. if we hadn't signed Martin Odegaard over, you know, on loan. Yeah. And we were being linked with him now, I guarantee you everyone would be going crazy. 100% agree. Um, it's the fact that we've seen him, he's played for us, and he's been linked, and he's not new and shiny, and he probably doesn't cost as much. You know, people get excited over him. You know, it's 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 weird the transfer windows where there's players you've never heard of, and then all of a sudden you're you're disappointed that we don't get them. <laughs> so, like Ben White, for example, I I'd, I'd seen Ben White once or twice, but if you told me in like April or May that we're going to bid fifty million for Ben White, I told would have told you guys you're absolutely crazy. Um, <laughs> but like, imagine like. The Ben White deal just broke down and we didn't get him. People will be rioting. Yeah. Um, so it's it's That's weird cool. how transfer windows work. Um, and like Basuma is a perfect example, right? A very good player. I, I think he's it'll be great for us. But the fact that like we didn't get him and when Brondia didn't come, the player that I really liked, I was really annoyed <laughs> because I was like, oh, I really like Brondia. I think he's going to be a great player. And then we didn't get him for whatever reason. I hope there is a reason for that. Um, the you know media, Twitter, it all plays with your emotions and how you support this club. Absolutely. Um, I guess yeah, we could we could talk about a number of targets, right? That we've been linked with. There was a Ramsdale story that broke today. That we're what, what, uh, how far along is that that potential deal? I think um, that looks like it could could happen, but. Uh, would make him the sixth the sixth most expensive Premier League goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you what do you guys think? Like maybe we don't go into too much detail, but what, like, overall, are you guys like, oh my god, this guy is terrible? Are you guys like He doesn't this guy is he doesn't the, come with the, the best for rep, does he? Like I can't yeah. I'll be honest and say I can't I can't say that I've seen him kind of week in, week out as uh, with a lot of the players that we're linked with, but um 
you know, he went away with England. I mean, he got into the England squad, so I guess he's got some merit on the back of that. But he seems to have played in teams that don't have great defences and therefore he's probably kind of, in terms of goals conceded, not looked great as a result of that. But honestly, I I, I don't know how good he is, but it's obviously a lot of money and in, mm. and therefore it's a big, quite a big risk because I guess the way the club are looking at it is that it looks like Leno, if, if this is all true, it looks like Leno's not going to be hanging around for too much longer, maybe another half season or a season. So they're basically planning for the next number one rather than buying a backup now um, and then having to look for a number one next yeah, season. Yeah, because there's no way we're spending for like, no. what is the rumoured 40 million or something, Th- was it? I think or 30 it was million? 25 plus add ons. So okay. Yeah. 30 million. We wouldn't do that on a backup. No. Surely. Definitely. It's oh, insane. I'd hope not. Yeah. Um, no, no, you wouldn't, right? Because people just tend to go and get like free transfers and players out of contract yeah. with a backup. So, um, yeah, so if you assume that it's going to be our number one, um, I mean, I quite like the fact that the club are forward thinking in that sense and they're sort of almost embedding him into the squad and into the team, I'm going to give him some game time this season with a view to him being number one next season. But in terms of his actual kind of quality, I question marks based on things I've seen and, and, and kind of reaction. And, you know, you start seeing these, thing, these things being pulled up on Twitter like stats and people highlighting his mistakes and things, but I haven't been watching him week in, week out to really make a judgment. I mean, he's young, he's English again, you know, so all those things are positive, but I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of when we signed Richard Wright going back what, <laughs> yeah. 20, 20 so, years ago, something like that. For a lot of money, right? For a lot At of the money. At the time, yes. From, from, it, from yeah. Ipswich. And um, it didn't yeah. work out for him, obviously. And it, and and it just reminds me of that really, a keeper with a half decent reputation but more so you know he's a potentially very good young English goalkeeper and hopefully if we do get him it it turns out differently than it did for Richard Wright. I think it doesn't help him that he followed Dean Henderson at Sheffield United when Sheffield United had Mm. this amazing season you know and it clearly is not Ramsdale's fault that Sheffield United fell apart like in comparison to the season before but you're never going to look as good as a goalkeeper who you know was you in a team that finished sixth or wherever Sheffield United did finish in the end, I can't remember. But um, yeah, I think it's worth mentioning, I suppose, that whatever the criticisms, he, I mean, he he won Player of the Season at Sheffield United this season, and he won Player of the Season at Bournemouth the season previous to that, and I think he won Player of the Season at his previous club before that. Yeah. Like um, he can't be as bad as I think some people are making out. In fact, I go as far as say I don't think he can be bad. To, to win player of the it's very easy as for fans for us to get a, you know to go against a goalkeeper when things aren't good yeah. if you get relegated and you get voted player of the season by your fans come on you can't be that bad I don't know, but then, oh, go on no, no. no so I was I, I, I for some reason that season when he was at Bournemouth I, I remember him very very well and I thought actually he was quite good and then when he went to Sheffield United I didn't really watch much of Sheffield United last season but then I was listening to the Arsecast and they had they interviewed someone who hosted a Sheffield United podcast. And they're basically saying the first half of the season, he was rubbish um, because I think he was coming into the team. Sheffield United had a really, like had loads of injured defenders and their defense was constantly exposed and he lost a lot of confidence and kept making mistakes. But then he eventually turned it around in the second half of the season. He was basically their best player. Um, I think there's one game Sheffield United won at Old Trafford, I think. Last season, they won 1-0 and he was um, one of, you know, the man of the match basically and kept them in it. So 
and I watched that game, and I remember he, he is a very good shot stopper, and I've always been impressed by that. The bit that I don't really get is I've never really seen him like play up from the back, which is what I assume we'd want from a goalkeeper, because you know, Bournemouth or Sheffield United, as far as I know, they don't really play up from the back. Not many teams do in the league. So that's the bit I find interesting. So I wonder how you scout a goalkeeper for like passing ability when they don't really display that characteristic. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the bit I find inter- interesting. But I'm, I think for the right amount of money, he could be a, he's worth a gamble, but 20 million for me seems a bit much. It feels like it's the yeah. feels like it's yeah. almost the the going rate for sort of English players. Really, you know, mm. I, I, look, I think it's worth kind of mentioning that Emmy uh, Martinez turned out to be a really good goalkeeper in the end, right? And he's having this really good career right now at Aston Villa. Um, but at twenty three, he was on loan at Wolves in the Championship. At twenty four, he was at Getafe on loan, making as a backup keeper at Getafe. At, mm. at twenty five, he was at at, at Reading, do you know what I mean? Like in the championship, he's tw- Ramsdale's twenty three. You know, he's played in the Premier League for a couple of years as a starting goalkeeper. There's got to be something about him, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you've got to assume that goalkeepers, in the nature that they are, they tend to peak much later. And uh, you know, there's clearly something the club see in him. Um, you know, I'd be intrigued. I, I, I actually think it will pan out like you said, Meisen, that if we sign him, I don't think we're signing him necessarily because we know for a fact Leno's going to go or whatever. I think we're basically just saying, well, we can't guarantee Leno is going to hang around forever. He's not making sounds like he wants to end his career here or whatever. And I think we're probably just going, do you know what? Whatever the case, let's get another keeper in who could be a long-term prospect, who could just challenge him even in the in the shortest term. So, you know, he could challenge Leno this season. Um, and, you know, it, w- why not? And then, you know, <clears throat> may the best goalkeeper win. And then if Leno wants to go, he can go and it's not as big a deal. The only, the only issue I've got with that is, right, if for whatever reason this deal doesn't come off, let's just say hypothetically, you know, we can't agree a fee, you, you know, we're a few million short, whatever. And then we go into let's say the final couple of days of the window or possibly even past the window and into the season with basically no number two, that's like a massive, massive risk. I can't see that happening. I, that would be beyond incompetent. But it, as in <laughs> like, the reason the re- I, I don't, I don't see it happening either because basically because of what's broken today, it sounds like we're pretty advanced with Ramsdale. No, but even, even if we don't get Ramsdale, I think if it doesn't work out, you really think they're just going to be like, no, they'll probably we'll do like a, Matt, with this. a Matt Ryan yeah, like a Matt Ryan. Thing, yeah, but, yeah. I guess just me being probably quite nervous, the fact that we, we, we now go into Friday with no number two and possibly the Chelsea game. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's like pretty mental two. when you think about yeah. it. Oh, it's so, funny, it's funny. Like, we say no number two, it's just because we, we rate the number two so low. Yeah, <laughs> it is a number two. still technically. Yeah, it's Renaissance. We've got Carl Hein, right? I think Okonkwa is a guy. I thought he'd be pushing for the number two, but yeah. I mean, yeah, that's another area that would be interesting that Runison deal just <laughs> so bad you think about it right like yeah yeah the reason we bought him was it last season yeah yeah last season was yeah it last season? The reason we bought him yeah. last season was to be our number two right or even number three whatever right but now all of a sudden we just don't regard him as an option at all because <laughs> <laughs> he's that bad because whoever scouted him if you believe the story that we just listened to our goalkeeping coach and we just went and bought him because he was like a million quid um, that's that's a deal that's really that's screwed us over completely because it means that we have to go and spend this money now. 
But then also Leno, like if if we had known Leno wasn't going to renew, we might have thought about the Martinez situation a bit differently back then. I'm not saying like at the time selling Martinez made sense because we thought Leno was going to be our number one for the next four, five, six years. If we hadn't, if Leno said, I'm not signing a new contract, we would have been like, well, so this, we want to keep Emmy and do what we can and get what we can get for Leno at the time. We don't know that Leno's not, you know, you know, I think it's, this is, I think the problem is when a player gives an interview and unless they come out with the words of, I want to stay at this club for the rest of my life, like it's always interpreted as, oh, so-and-so is not committing their future. I just, there's no way that we would be spending 20 to 30 million on Ramsdale this oh, summer. Oh, but maybe we don't. If we know that Leno's going to stay. Oh, but maybe the co- but, but maybe it's a performance thing. Maybe Arteta and the coaches, maybe they think actually Leno isn't as good as we, we thought he was or he can't do the things that we wanted. I mean, there's been lots of. So you think we'll sell him because it's the final year of his contract, right? Maybe, mate. Or, may- or maybe we offer him a new contract, but essentially we're signing Ramsdale. We're saying, look, if Ramsdale's a better option, then Ramsdale kind of takes over and then then fine we would sell Leno but there's been those kind of clips from pre-season of um you know Arteta getting kind of frustrated with Leno in a couple of games um for for not playing out from the back when he wanted him to play out from the back and you know yeah I I don't you know I don't know I mean yeah I don't know it just seems like a if it is a problem with performance I think it's probably like the fifth or sixth biggest problem we have with the first 11 right now yeah rather than so, yeah, spending thirty million to rectify it—I mean, like, who knows? But doesn't seem likely to me. Yeah, I was going to say we could probably talk about uh, our transfer situation for a lot, lot longer, but we should probably move on, I guess, because yeah, season's starting in a couple of days. We're obviously kicking it off against Brentford, but um, I guess going into the new season, I mean, we touched on it right at the start, right? We kind of not not feeling great about it um but yeah how, how do you guys think we're going to do this season just based on where we are currently i guess yeah things could change in the next couple of weeks but how do you guys think we're going to do how are you feeling i it very much depends with what our attack ends up looking like come the end of this this month if it's this attack we have now um which is effectively minus erdegaard that we had last last um last season so we're like a player down Sabios has gone not that Sabios added much that's putting a lot of pressure on players like Smith Rowe and Saka to bail us out and watching the bits I have had of preseason, um not that you can read too much into preseason, but it very much looked like a continuation of the way and the patterns of play that we saw all of last season and that was with Erdegaard in the team. So this is without Erdegaard in the team. It, the attack for me looks considerably worse. Um, and we've got this very, very awkward situation with our strikers now, which seems quite chaotic, where Lacazette is going into his final year of his contract. Aubameyang's on a big contract, but not really playing that well. And there are a lot of problems in the attack. Defence, I'm actually not that worried about. I hope we cut out the, the, the mistakes, because that's... The only times we really concede are if um, teams very really cut us open. And if they do cut us open, it's usually quite a good goal. Um, it's mostly mistakes from either our central midfield or our defenders. And I'm not too worried about that because we've got Ben White and we've got a bit more rotation there. But 
yeah, the attack really worries me. Um, and I just want to get excited when I watch watch Arsenal go forward, and I'm not, and that's that's the bit that I'm struggling with. Uh, I completely concur. I think from a defensive standpoint, you know, you, you're taking the third best defense last season, and you've added a fifty million pound centre back. You've added another backup left back, and your young players like your, your Gabriel Tierney are a year older. Um, you know, they, so so absolutely no concerns with the defense. We've got three right backs. As well. three, three, exactly. Take <laughs> your pick. No concerns about that. Um, you know, I think we haven't spoken about Lakonga um, that, that much, and I think that you know he's reminding me of a sort of prime Alex Song at the moment. You know, in, in, I know it's just preseason, yeah. but that's that's kind of what he reminds me of sort of a defensive midfielder who's just able to pick just some crazy pass. It's, it, it looks great. But from attacking standpoint, I completely concur with what you're saying, Aaron. And I'm like massively concerned about it. Like, because it, you know, on the back of last season, you know, fine. And we don't have Odegaard. And even at the end of last season, we had, we didn't have strikers that were firing. Um, you shouldn't judge pre, you know, preseason. We shouldn't really kind of glean too much from preseason, but We've not looked good in an attacking sense from preseason at all. There's no player that scored more than two goals. Two players have scored two goals. Um, a whole bunch of other players have scored one goal. Uh, Ober has Ober scored at all? I think he maybe scored one. Like I think I think, I think you know. Yeah, in one of the earlier games against maybe Hibbs, I think he scored. I don't think or, he did. I don't, I don't, I, I, not, maybe he hasn't scored. Maybe well, hasn't. was the one he missed loads of setters, didn't he? I think. Right. Um, yeah, so Oba hasn't scored a goal. Our goal scorers in preseason have been Tavares 1, ESR 1, Balogun 1, Pepe 1, Chambers 1, Aziz 1, Tierney 1, Xhaka 1, Lacazette 2, and Eddie 2. That's okay. That's, that's yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, I, the striker situation for me is quite worrying. Mm. And then you throw on top of that the fact that we don't really have a number one creative player um, outside of you know, Smith, Rowe, Saka, whatever well, their exactly. roles in the team are. Um, I what I was hoping for was that you know Aubameyang had a different difficult season last season both on the pitch and off the pitch and I was kind of just hoping that that issue would sort itself out during preseason because he's had a break he hasn't really played abroad internationally that much um and he could just come in and at the start he was getting those chances he was missing the chances but he was getting the chances now in the last few games he's not even getting the chances against Spurs he played out left um and that for me was an issue I wish we didn't have. I wish he'd come in, like coming into the start of the season, having scored a few goals, having found his touch again, having found his form again. And that that's the concern. And what I can't work out is, is it the player or is it the way this team is set up? I think it's probably a bit of both. Well, a bit but, of both. Um, yeah, that the Aubameyang situation is concerning me, not just because it's, pre-season but it's, it's a continuation of what we'd seen in the second half of the season on on friday do you see because I, I i'd be very surprised if uh he starts down the left on on friday or even going into the season do you guys think there's a chance that he might go with lacazette through the middle and abameyang on the left i mean i guess there are reasons for it no martinelli or well, assume he's not, he's not going to be ready um mm. just come back from the olympics sackers obviously come back late as well um i think william was injured for the last preseason game was he not? He I don't think he was injured. Squad. He just was mysteriously Correct. not in the squad. Yeah, there was talk that it was because of a move pending or potentially, but I then read afterwards that he he was he was. I oh, was it oh, maybe maybe uh, maybe you're right. He was just not in the squad just for whatever picked. reason. Okay, didn't really say why. Um, and hopefully he's he's not in the squad on Friday. But yeah, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, what, what, like because I'd I'd be quite interested. I mean, it's obviously going to be interesting to see what what Arteta does, but it'll be really painful to watch Aubameyang down the left and us have another one of those games where, like you said, Aaron, and it's just a bit a bit toothless and a bit lackluster, and there's no kind of cutting edge, and then we're all screaming at the TV saying, you know, playing through the middle and play your creative players around him. And if he doesn't yeah. do that to try and either accommodate Lacazette for whatever reason, maybe because of lack of number 10, like he did last season, or trying to accommodate both of them. I I think because of availability, he'll play a team that's very close to the team that played against Tottenham the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... Oh, I should I should wrote my... Do you, want to know what, do you know what team I wrote down? Should I tell you my, my lineup? So I, I had Leno in goal. Um, uh, no, no, no. This is this is the like my predicted lineup for Brentford. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. So I've got Leno in goal. I've got Chambers at right back. I've got Tierney at left back. I've got Mari and White as centre backs. I've got Lakonga and Xhaka in the centre of mid, and I've got Pepe, ESR, and Oba and Laka playing up top. Um, and that is purely based on kind of what we played against Tottenham. Um, the availability of other players. Uh, the only alternative to that I can potentially see is Bellerin maybe coming in over Chambers. And maybe with that front four, hypothetically, he could play Oba at number uh, up top and he could play Laka at number 10, which he's done before. Um, but I can't see personnel being that different from that, to be honest. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I would have had Bellerin at right back. Um, if you had Bellerin at right back, that would have been the exact team that played against Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I almost think that's why he played it. Do you um, not? Do you got? Sorry, go on, go on, Aaron. No, I think. Although I do have a sneaky suspicion he might give Saka. Yeah, that's what I was just about hour. to say. I think just he might start Saka. We need. We really, really need to win that game, going into Chelsea and and City, because if we don't, that could be zero from nine, and that's certainly not ideal. He's just back, though. He's just back. And this is the thing, right? We kind of talked about this when he was potentially going to be picked for England and we were sort of debating about should he go, should he not, from a fitness perspective. But he's 19. He's not 20 yet, is he? Mm. But, you know, whatever, 19, 20. And I guess I just said this before. I think at that age, not that it doesn't matter, but I think he'll just be ready to go. Like, I don't think he needs as much time as, uh, say, a Laka or an Oba does. Um, I know he played a fair number of minutes in the Euros, but... It's been how many weeks has he had off now? Probably like three, four weeks. I think it's been four weeks since the final. Um, and maybe he hasn't had as long of a preseason as everyone else, but I think he's just one of these players that is he's just ready to go. And I think, like you said, Aaron, and I think Arteta might feel the need to chuck him in almost. You could um, always bring him off the bench though, right? Like if you, you need it. You could. But who knows what the situation might be by the time that mm. comes around with like 60 or 70th minute. The thing that scares me and worries me is if he goes safe and plays an on any Xhaka central midfield. Willian. I hope he doesn't because <laughs> Lukonga's clearly shown enough, right? Um, he's clearly shown enough. Yeah, I think, I think was it Sunday was an audition and yeah, no, it, didn't, it wasn't world class or anything, but, but, but he certainly but we, showed more than an I mean, but yeah, I guess the reason I'm saying that is just we've been saying he's a very risk-averse manager, right? We've been saying that mm. every time we've done a post-match review, pretty much. Um, and first game of the season, he might be a bit concerned about chucking in a fairly young player for his debut. Kind of like, like you said, Raj, you know, 
they've just come up they've just been promoted they've got nothing to lose everything to kind of go for essentially and um you know it would be a big scalp first game of the new stadium right first competitive mm-hmm. game that's, yeah, that's quite fans, yeah. that's quite yeah with fan. no i think is it oh did they have it last season yeah they played they played the stadium oh, okay. play stores. um yeah yeah and kind of everything for them to to potentially uh kind of take the game to us and um that's that. That's that's my that's one concern I've got is that you might just go quite conservative and and, and play it safe in in central. But conser- the problem is conservative is worse. It's not like it's playing El Neni over Lokonga makes us worse. Playing what were we suggesting like Sat Willian or someone else out wide? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, makes us worse. So this isn't about being defensive. This is it's more, it's more about going with what he knows as opposed to risking yeah. something he doesn't what what you could hope is that you know when we played the first game of last season away at Fulham there were similar dynamics it was Fulham's return to the Premier League and mm-hmm. you know that it could have gone against us that day but I really felt what we did a good job that day was basically saying you know what they're they're, they're probably going to make mistakes the, the occasion may get to them they're probably going to make mistakes Let, let's you know and I think that's what we did we kind of just let the quality shine through and just stayed pretty calm. And I think he might look at this team now and he might go, do you know what? If I can start with Tierney, Mari and um, and Ben White and really whoever else at right back, I think he might feel quite good at, with that. And I think he might feel um, less compelled to just go ultra defensive and put an El Nenny on the pitch, which I agree would just be a really silly thing to do. Um, because at the, at the same time, I think, you know, Arsenal Football Club, I think last season were guilty of not remembering that we're arsenal football club at times mm. you know yeah, yeah and i think it would just be so yeah. depressing see first game of the exactly. new season exactly. 2021 and we're playing Xhaka and elneny like mm. the ultimate throwback midfield to the mm. both of them played under wenger right <laughs> yeah they did yeah yeah um and you know the Xhaka situation you can we can debate it but i just felt like it was time to move on from Xhaka. um and yeah, the fact that he's still here just feels like a a lingering thing from an era gone by. We're desperately trying to move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the question for you guys is if you were going to tweak this lineup to your ideal lineup to say, you know, who would you, who would you look to replace? Like, would you take Lacazette out? Would you take Aubameyang out? I'm guessing you wouldn't take Smithrow out. Or Lukonga, but and Partey would come in. With, but with the players that we've how, got, how far of this is from how far of this is from like your ideal lineup within within reason? I think I think it's pretty much it's pretty much there. Um, ideally, I'd probably want Gabriel in over Mari. Prefer him. Mm. Um, and I think the obvious one is Saka, right? If we're saying Lukonga is going to start yeah. because Partey's injured, I think the other one is Saka. And I know I wouldn't take Aubameyang out. I think he's he's Obviously, he's had a bad season. He's not in good form and he hasn't looked good pre-season. But I don't think he's lost it. Um, and there's obviously a lot of talk that, you know, post-signing a new massive contract or his age, whatever it could be. But I think he might He might just... He can just write off last season. He can start fresh this season. And I don't think it's going to take much more than a goal or two for him to maybe hit a purple patch of form. Like, he's clearly still got it. He's clearly still got it. And... Um, well, does he, though? That's what I mean. You say clearly, yeah. but... <sighs> What what evidence is there? I mean, I think I think part of it is what you said, right? Creativity has been a problem, and we're not. It's not like we're putting them on a plate for him every game. So I I think that 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 lacking or that missing from the team doesn't really help him when he's a striker that isn't offering much else aside from 
you know, his yeah. goal scoring ability, right? Um, but I mean, I don't think, I don't know. I just don't think a player of that quality with a record that he's had over what, 10 years? I don't know how long it's been, 10 years from from prior to Dortmund um, and then since joining us. Like the, his goals per game is ridiculous. Not ridiculous, but it's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Maybe not top tier, but maybe just a level below. But he's, uh, he's 20 goals a season every season, aside yeah, yeah. from last season, isn't he? So, And even last season, he was, okay, he had a bad season by his standards, but he's still got sort of 10 league goals in 26 games, I think it was, something like that. It's not... It's not great, but it's not awful. So I fully expect... I don't know, that, that sounds pretty awful. To go from like 25 league goals to 10. Well, I mean, he would have got... So if he played every off. game, he would have got probably 15, 16, 17 goals. Was he goals. in... I don't remember he malaria, didn't he? So he went out. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of down to his reputation as well, isn't it? Because, like, you know, if Ollie Watkins puts similar numbers in, people are like, oh, wow, 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 because he's just young. He's a young kind of up-and-coming player. Um, So, I I mean, look, I I guess I would would lean towards agreeing with Mize on this. Um, I, I think he's earned the right to be able to given to be given the respect to say you know you had a bad season you've not lost it um but i think at this age if you have two back-to-back bad seasons then i think it gets a, a little bit yeah, funny doesn't it right. we'll put it put it this um, way if someone someone bid 30 million for a bamiyang tomorrow would you sell it i probably would um, because 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 just again his age and i think like we we are going to need to at some point, whether it's this season or next season or you know, season, we're going to have to move on for him for him because of his age. We yeah, are yeah. going to have to do that. But then what what can we? It's always the question is what do we do with it? Yeah, exactly. It's always yeah. what what are you getting instead of that? It's the money is one thing, but who are we going to bring in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you exactly. just can't answer that, right? I, yeah. I'd probably say yes if you're just saying would you take thirty million? I'd probably say yes as well. Yeah, for his for his we take when you consider his age, two years left on his current deal. Um, hell of a lot of wages to save as well yeah, to exactly. bring someone else in. Yeah, I, I would probably say, yeah. Interestingly, uh, there's some news just broken, nothing major, but we've been drawn to, no, no, we've been drawn to West Brom away in the League Cup. Oh, West Brom away, it's such a boring tie. <laughs> uh, I, I would have wanted someone like lower league. I think Raj thought like, we were like, who did you think we were about to sign, mate? I don't know. I thought, I, yeah, I do. I don't, maybe, I think that's all that. But... I should have said. Oh, West Brom away. That's just a bit annoying. That's just not yeah. It's just dull. It's not. It's not a home game. You. Yeah, we quick, we, it would good be good to do well in the cups this season as well. Obviously, no Europe. Yeah, and it's not the yeah, I, yeah. most ideal tie to sort of start. I would have just wanted something different rather than an old, boring old Premier League club like a lower league team, or something. like a Tranmere or a, I don't know if Tranmere is still in the football league, but or a Charlton or something like that. That would be fun. Ipswich. Yeah, Ipswich. Yeah. And the uh, the Super Cup's gone to penalties as well. Oh, has it? Completely Chelsea, that Chelsea have just missed their first penalty. Who missed it? Havertz. Mm, Havertz. Okay, interesting. Saved. Was, uh, what was Emery. it? Nil-nil? 1-1. Uh, one, one. All, right. All right, guys. Well, okay. we, we, we let's talk about our predictions for Brentford then on Friday. Like you said, Aaron, and it's kind of imperative that we get, I was about to say a result, but I guess a win um, on with the fact that we've got Chelsea, although we did quite well against Chelsea last season, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we shouldn't go into that we could, game. We could with win all three somehow. <laughs> uh, the, C- uh, the City game is the one that you'd almost say, I don't know, unless there's something wrong with City that right, day. Write it off. Not write it <laughs> off, but you can almost accept a loss because they're just so far ahead of us. But um, yeah, it, it's important that we 
we, we do get a win because it won't be good if we go into if we go into the Chelsea if we come out of the Chelsea game with no points then there's potentially yeah, zero yeah. points from nine games and uh, from nine points and or three games and Arteta's fully under the pressure yeah I mean look, how do you guys think we're going to do on Friday the other thing I don't like as well which is, ugh, is nothing you can do about it is that we're the, we're we're kicking off the league the season on a Friday night yeah. and it's just got along with everything else that we've said about them being promoted everyone and watching used, yeah it's just like it's just set up for it's just set up for it to go horribly Ivan wrong. Tony hat trick. <laughs> I, I really like him as well, and really, really like him as a player. But yeah, how do you guys good, think it? it's going to go? He looks good, John. I think we'll win. I think we just need to manage the ex- the game, and ultimately, like as dismal as we get about Arsenal, and we we were dismal last year. The second half of last season, we forget we were actually quite good. Yeah, we are. When we like second or third in the league in terms of like that whole second half of the table thing they do defensively we were like second or third in the league overall the whole season i think mm. um and if we are going to show we have improved from last season just go there turn up win and move on to the next game and i think i'm i'm going to be optimistic and think we'll win mainly because the alternative just <laughs> Like, I don't really want to think about. So I will yeah. go. Do you want to score? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will go 2 1. 2 1 to Arsenal, yeah? Yeah. Um, I think Arsenal are going to win 3 1. Um, I, th- I think so it's funny because Brentford are a bit like, we're, in some ways, we're a bit like Arsenal last season in the sense that, that I, I think they had a, that great a first half of the season. They ended really well. And they kind of ended up finishing third in the championship because I think they won like four out of their last five games or something. Um, so it was a really, really good end. But over the course of the season, I don't know how good a team they actually were. And it sounds like um, they were very heavily reliant on Ivan Tony. and there's a creative player in the centre mid. I can't uh, ben, yeah, him. Buena. Yeah, yeah Ben Buck, uh, and they and they And they were a great duo. Um, and... Uh, but I wonder how good their defense is. And listen, at the end of the day, championships, one thing opening game of the season. If you've got Pepe running against you, how many times do you think the defenders would have played someone who yeah. is that is of that level? Um, so I think stuff like that might end up making the difference. Yeah. As long as we don't let the occasion get to us, that's the big thing. Like they'll have fans. They'll be up for it. It'll be packed there. You know, it'll be loud. We just need to manage the first 20 minutes of the game. And don't encourage them. Deal with the threats that they have, and we should be coming. It's still Brentford at the end of the day. That's not, it. That's it. You know, but we're 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 Arsenal, and they'll be saying at the end of the day, it's it's just Arsenal. <laughs> it's um, so. What about you? What do you recognise? Yeah, I mean, I'm quite. I'm struggling to judge how we're looking going into this season. Uh, we talked about the transfers and, and the players that we brought in and the ones that we haven't. And we're going back to Xhaka. We're going back to pe- people like Bellerin, addre- areas that we haven't addressed. And like the front line or the, the kind of front four, we create a lack of creativity. Does, creativity does worry me. And maybe it won't affect us too much on Friday, but I think it will going into the season if we don't sign anyone. But I, th- I feel like we might just start off a little bit rusty and a bit slow on Friday. So I'm going to go for a draw. Probably think like a 1-1. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not particularly confident. To be honest, I'm not particularly. The, da- the downside of no Europe is we've got a whole week to 
analyze every Premier League game, mm. um, which is if we lose regularly, it's not going to be um, fun. Not going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, Margaret. but hey, we're looking forward to it, and we believe. We have hope. Yes, we have optimism. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, all right. Well, fairly positive, I guess, in terms of how we think Friday is going to go. And we normally do this in in our chat, um, but I guess as we're chatting, we may as well chatting here. We may as well do it. We may as well talk about it now. So we normally cover like season predictions. Um, so how we think Arsenal are going to do across the competitions that we're in, and you know specific players in terms of uh, kind of player of the season, that kind of thing. We never get it right, really. I don't think. Well normally fairly no. far off but we'll try again all right so uh league league finish then where do you guys think we're going to finish in the league this season you go you want to go why don't you go first, I want me to go first. <laughs> yeah. um i think i think we'll do we'll do better than last season i don't think it'd be too hard to achieve that <laughs> but um i'm gonna go i don't think we'll finish top four i think we're still quite far off so i'm gonna go sixth I want to go respectable sixth. Who would you who who do you see finishing above us then? Uh, City, Chelsea, United, Liverpool. City, Chelsea, United, Liverpool. And I'm gonna go. Don't say Spurs. No, I don't. I don't know. It depends what happens with Harry Kane. To be honest, I was going to say I was thinking Leicester, and I'm thinking if we take Madison off them, but give them seventy or eighty million to spend in the next couple of weeks. That'll be interesting to see what happens. If Kane does leave, I think I think Spurs will struggle and I think we probably will finish above them. But then there's a big if there. I don't know if they're going to let him go. So I'm not sure. Probably one of those teams, I would say. One of those two teams. Um but yeah, I think I think I think we'll have in terms of points all, I think it will be decent. Like I don't think we'll be too far off top four. Um but I think it'll be well, one of those seasons where I don't think we'll ever actually have a like. I think we'll always be far enough off that we're never really going to be challenging for fourth place. What What do you, without wanting to take this too off topic, what do you think is acceptable for Arteta to and and the team and the team around him to say they've done well this season? We, based on what we spent so far, uh, based on. No, because what we've spent so far is a reflection of what our ambitions are, right? So if well, we do sign a creative yeah. player, if we don't, what would you be happy with? Uh, the reason I said, the reason I asked is what, based on what we spent so far is because there's obviously a number of deals that we seem to be restricted in doing because of the lack of outgoings, right? And the lack of money yeah. coming in. <sighs> I think I don't know. It's quite a hard one. This is what this is why I'm struggling with it because I feel like they've obviously they're obviously willing to spend the money in a couple of area, a couple of other areas, and they've not been able to do it yet, um, and they've got targets identified. So I'm kind of feeling like if they were to secure those targets, we're talking like a proper number ten, uh, another right back, a backup goalkeeper. Maybe that's not key in terms of where you finish the league, but you know what I mean. Then I would say the top four. Oh, really? Well, I think if you go and get everyone that if Arteta says these are the players that I need, these are positions I need to fill, and I don't, I don't want to go and get another Willian. I don't want to get a, go and get another David Luiz. I don't, that, I don't are you including stop. like a new striker in that, like, or are you just saying, like, put it this way: I, if we signed a, yeah. a number ten and a right back, hmm. number ten is a, is the key one, isn't it? Really, yeah. right back potentially as well. But I think I said this last season as well. I think you could potentially manage with a right back, right Chambers. I mean, we've got three 
decent options. You know, they're not bad yeah, options, right? I agree. They're de- and I, you know, so um, I think number ten is the key one. Striker wise, I mean, even if you went and signed a striker, unless Lacazette or Aubameyang are going out. Uh, you're playing one up top. How's that really going to work? Unless you're then saying Aubameyang's going to play wide, potentially Lacazette leaves. That doesn't even look like that's going to happen. Um, then maybe, but again, we're not, you know, we've been linked with Martinez. We've been linked with Tammy Abraham. I think there was another guy, uh, possibly, it's, I can't remember, there's another guy that we're linked with. Correa. Who? Who? Correa? Is he, uh, uh, I want to Lazio? Oh, oh, are you talking okay. about are you talking about that v- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, from- yes, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to try and pronounce his name. Yeah, that guy. Um, so, like, I don't know if I don't know if even signing a striker would make a huge. It obviously would make a massive difference. But if you have an on fire Aubameyang back in the team, you're not complaining, right? He's going to get you 20 no, goals this not. season. Yeah. So I would say if they go and get all the targets that they they feel like they need, then. Arteta hasn't really got a leg to stand. And I'd say the ambition has to be top four. See, I... Cool. I mean, I don't think... And this is... Like, it hit me yesterday when I was thinking about this. I don't see how we finish fourth unless one of the other teams above us like absolutely bottle it. Just because it's, it, it just feels like the players they're signing are very much unobtainable, unobtainable for us. Like players like Sancho, Varane, hmm. Lukaku... Graylish, we're talking like 80, 90 million pound players and big, big wages on top of that. And they would have to drop their level significantly to to allow us to sneak in. You know, the, the other team is then Liverpool, you're looking at, who haven't really signed a lot. And I kind of see as not having super, super levels of money. And you don't really expect Liverpool to drop out unless they have another horror show. Um, and yeah, that's quite depressing. I think even if we sign two or three players, there's still some work for us to do to to break into that top four. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But I think that um, there'll be an element where... I think there'll be an element where Arteta and Edu and the board will think that we're potentially never going to be able to be spending that kind of money. And they have to believe in what they're trying to do right now in the sense that, you know, getting a bunch of these young players and, and you know, trying to almost make them 80, 90 million pound kind of value players. Um, and I think if you think about that as a trajectory, like we weren't that far off last season points wise off kind of fourth, fifth, like we weren't that, that six, far. Six points, I think, off Chelsea. Yeah. The end. And that yeah. that's not that much. And so... Yes. Uh, the problem is that wasn't a Chelsea that sat Lampard because he was under underperforming. That was a Liverpool that had one of their worst ever winters. But it could happen. I think that's the point. Do you know it what I mean? Happen, it's like yeah. these we things still need, happen. I think and my point is we, we're really relying on one club to absolutely like get it very wrong for us to sneak in. I mean, the other the other factor is no Europe, right? And we've been, no, even not we have, but a lot yeah. of people say, right? I think what's one of us have said it, one of the four of us have said it, you know, no Europe and then you can concentrate on your league campaign and in theory you sh- you should um perform better in the league with no distractions you know um fitter players except you know less fatigue all the rest of it so you know like like Raj was saying maybe it's a chance it is it, there is an opportunity there's a bit of a window there I completely agree with you Aaron and like the top four if you look at the last couple of seasons are kind of miles ahead of us and 
they seem to be moving further ahead of us with the players that they're signing and the money that they're spending. But it's not like we haven't spent money and we're not looking to no. spend money this summer. Like we've gone and bought a bloody expensive centre back. Um, yeah, you're right. And we're still being linked with um, you know potentially some some big moves. And that's why I'm saying you know if we go and sign a proper number ten, um, and I guess that means spending more money. Uh, then and we and and if Aubameyang's on form, you know, I guess there's quite a lot of ifs and things that need to fall into place. But I'm not saying that I think we're going to finish top four because obviously I predicted six. But if you, you're asking what I think the board would expect based on spending that level of money, then I would say they expect they expect top four at least a very very strong push for top four. We're there until yeah, I think the last couple of games, that kind of thing. I think fifth for me is. Anything below fifth for me is failure. <laughs> Anything above fifth for me is massively overachieving. I think there's this yeah, weird I know what you mean. because actually you look at the top four and I think we're quite a while away away from them. And that's quite sad mm. in its own right. Um, but actually, I think we should be comfortably finishing above teams like Leicester and Spurs. I agree with that. I, I, I completely agree with that assessment. I'd say if we finish top four, I think that's an outrageously good achievement. Like, I think that would be a fantastic achievement. Even, even you know, with the benefit of not playing in Europe, it's still an amazing achievement given the strength of those teams that we've just discussed. Yeah. But I completely agree as well. I think sixth is a failure. Yeah, I agree. We, we had a car crash first half of last season. And, you know, the, if we look at Tottenham as an example, what, I mean, were there a point, one more point than us in the end of the season, yeah, yeah. whatever. And, and that was a car crash first half of the season. Yeah, you know, Tottenham, Tottenham haven't improved from last season have they considerably like in terms of their squad are they you know we shouldn't got Nuno Nuno in charge as well yeah uh, who knows how that could go we we shouldn't I think and they've got this stupid European competition that they're in as well right like we we can't like for me it's fifth I think is like okay do you know what like fair play that's okay you know like well done like be pretty happy Arteta keeps his job I think if if we're fifth Um, I think if we're sixth um, I think it's a failure. I think he'll lose his job if we're sixth and we don't um, win the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, I think it's one of those. If we're sixth, but we're one point yeah, fourth, I was just about then to it's say, one yeah. of those that's okay, right? Yeah, okay. But if we're comfortably sixth, like we were pretty comfortable, I won't say comfortably eighth, but we were we deserved eighth last season, I think. Um, then, yeah, that's like, there's a big gap between us and Spurs and there's a big gap between us and Leicester. I think that is, for me even if you look at what we've spent in the summer, and maybe it's a, due to the fact that we might not have spent efficiently this summer, that for me isn't good enough. Hmm. So so where do you where do you think we're gonna finish? I think we'll finish fifth. Fifth, yeah. Yeah. Right. I think I think fifth as well. Yeah. Okay. And just just for the sake of predictions, how do you feel like we're gonna do in the cups? I think we're going to go out to West Brom in the League Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually joking. Uh, I'm not actually joking. Like, I think it's, I, I'm really annoyed about that fixture now. Um, like, I think I think we I think we go out to West Brom. Um, I think it'll be one of those like we'll 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 try and rest some players and you know because that's the only competition that we have to like really I suppose rotate in some ways right because we'll want to we'll probably want to win the FA Cup. Um, I think it'll be a bit of a disjointed team. West Brom will be up for it. Like um, I don't lose that. Um, FA Cup, do you know what? I always think because of our pedigree in the FA Cup, I always like over-egg it. And I think I predicted us to be winners last season and we weren't. So I'm not going to do that this season. I'm going to say we 
uh, get to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. I think I think the opposite. I think we'll win the League Cup <laughs> for the first time ever. Yeah, for the first time ever because we just haven't won it. And actually, maybe we've got if we keep all these subs, oh, we can first probably... time ever we've won it before. No. Yeah, first time in recent. Well, we have won League. No, yeah. when have we won the League? Have we down the cup double? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. So we haven't have won we? it since it is. You're right. You're right. You're right. We... The League Cup. Well, yeah. What as in the sponsorship? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you know what I meant to say? So it's called the Milk Cup. No, we Wenger never won the League Cup. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Right, yeah. and so I think since the Wenger era, we've not won the League Cup. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. Sorry. Get bad history on my part. I apologise. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we'll win the League Cup for the first time in a long time. <laughs> um, but I think the FA Cup will um, not not work out for this as this year for some reason. So we're going like third round. Yeah, yeah. Do we start in the third round? Wherever all the Premier League teams signed. FA third. Cup, we start in the third yeah, round. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But League Cup, we go in the second round. <laughs> right. And just other news. Um, apparently, talks with Aaron Ramsdale are going to break down because we couldn't agree a fee. No way. So, is oh wow. So, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because <laughs> the fee we already said was too high. Well, I thought it was too high. Uh, yeah, Arsenal's interest in Aaron Rams and Aaron Ramsey is on the brink of breaking down after the clubs failed to agree on evaluation. Mm, okay, I don't think that's the end of it. Who who's a Gunner blog? Gunner blog. Oh. Oh, sorry. Well, that's no, sorry. Sorry. So it was in the Athletic, but I think the oh, guy who writes for Gunner blog was the contributor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Um. So what did you say, Aaron? In terms of the FA Cup, did you say th- not third round, right? I will go. Fourth round. Fourth round. Okay. I think um I think we'll get to the semis of the League Cup. Um it's still two legs, isn't it? It's gone back to two legs, I think. Um oh, is it? I think so. I could be wrong. But yeah, I think we'll probably face a half decent team by that point. Probably like City yeah. win that competition every season. Um <laughs> and the FA Cup, yeah, I don't think we're gonna do very well in it. Um even though I think we should. I think it's I think that's a competition that we should go all out for. Um, well, we do it. We do usually. It's we not do, like we but like last season, we didn't prioritize it. Yeah, right? okay. We're not. We just, went out who to did we Southampton. Go? Um, yeah, so we beat them. Oh, we yeah, beat them yeah. in the league yeah, that, like three days later, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go quarterfinals. I think you said quarterfinals as well, didn't you, Rog? I would. It would be really good because we haven't got European games to have a, a Wembley trip this season. Yeah, would be nice. It would be nice. Um, and okay, we'll try and wrap up. But just one final question, or two final questions. So I wanted to know who do you think is going to be our player of the season, and who do you think is going to be, um, I guess, the surprise player of the season. So we're obviously slating a number of our players, but yeah, who do you think is going to be the player that pleasantly surprises us? I think our player of the season will be Smith Rowe. Wow. Okay. Good shout. Just because I think he's class. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think Saka is kind of like, everyone knows he's good. And I think he, whereas I think Smith Rowe's probably got a little, few more levels to go up and I've seen him just slowly getting better. Okay. Surprise play of the season. I don't know. Smith Rowe, would he, would he be a surprise if he was player of the season? Do you mean more breakthrough player? Is kind that of kind of what you mean? Or, yeah, breakthrough. Okay, breakthrough. But then I guess when you say breakthrough, you're kind of indicating it's a player that's never really played for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And someone you think is going to come through from like one of the youth teams or whatever. 
I guess I'm. But I guess, but I guess you can't say ESR because we know he's good. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. yeah. Right, here's a bit of a rogue prediction. <laughs> I think it might be Eddie and Ketia. Oh. Oh, that. I, I think ooh. we're gonna. I, I can see a circumstance of events where we don't end up selling him because whatever happens, and then we end up playing him because everyone else is rubbish, <laughs> and um, he does okay. Okay. Interesting. That's completely wild card. Yeah, I don't yeah, think, yeah. but yeah, that's that's who I'd go for. Okay. Okay, Raj. I think Pepe is going to be our player of the season. I think it's the perfect storm for him, actually. Like, Because I think that it's one of those that clearly on the basis of the back end of last season, he's kind of gone, okay, actually, I get what I'm doing now. Like, And I understand how to play in this league and how to you know, create in this league and how to score in this league. And I think Arteta has had a lot to do with that. Um, and I think it's a perfect storm because I think that he is also in a team where he's playing with Smithrow and playing with Saka where it's not like the opposition can kind of go, okay, like, it's not like we're in a bit of a Crystal Palace situation where we can kind of go, they can go okay, let's just, te- let's just go for Zaha and everything else will be okay. I think with Pepe, you can't, you can't as a team just come up with a tactic to kind of, you know, deal with Pepe. And um, as a result yeah. of that, I think that uh, people will be looking at Saka, be looking at ESR, and I think Pepe will have a great season as a result of that. Um, and I, I genuinely think he'll get, I, there's a big call. I think he'll get 20 goals next season. Whoa. Oh, wow. In the league. Yeah. yeah. In, uh, I don't know about in the league. league I, we haven't got like, many other games, have we? Yeah. I think, <laughs> he'll, I think he'll get 20 goals in all competitions next season. Um, and, uh, and in terms of breakthrough or like kind of surprise player. Okay. Like, <laughs> so I, I'm going to say Lakonga. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in some ways, maybe that's the, that's an easy one to, to say. <laughs> one, um, yeah. So I think, I think, so the other one that I'm thinking is, I think maybe Gabriel, mm-hmm. because I, I think it's one of these things that now everyone will be looking at Ben White, right? Cause he's kind of like the big name that's come in and he's the kind of right-sided center half. Who, 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 and I think that Gabriel, there was lots, of, in my opinion, and I think he still divides opinion a little bit. Like, but I really liked Gabriel last season. I thought I thought he had he showed every ingredient to be a good defender, and there was there were a couple of things that he did which showed a bit of naivety. But overall, there were some games where I thought he was just brilliant. You, um, you say this right, but he's been bought in as our first choice centre back. Right? How much did we pay for him? Twenty odd million. He, he, twenty million. I was only twenty million. Okay, hey, it's close to thirty, okay, wasn't it? But yeah, was it thirty? But I, think so. I was going to say that's a, it's an it's think. an eighteen million centre back partnership. Yeah, it's it's you kind of would hope. But we signed him at twenty two, so it wasn't like we signed him yeah. going like he's the real deal now. Like I think there was a a longer term. The, the plan is for these two to be the real deal for the next five six years. You'd hope, right? Yeah, or well, I don't. Well, okay, let's not go into Saliba, like, but like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, but I think that you know he's a season. He's got a season under his belt, um, and it, you know he is. He's ended up in some ways having a fairly restful preseason because he got injured at the beginning of the Olympics and so didn't really play for you know uh, for, yeah, for Brazil. Like, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I think it could be. And I think now the now the focus has taken off him. You know, um, this will all get thrown into like the bin where if Mari just kind of ends up going on a you know on a number of uh, on a, on a great run. But yeah, okay. So that's my out. So I gave you two answers there: the uh, yeah. Lokonga and Gabriel, I guess. Okay. 
Uh, what about you? Player of the season. I was actually going to, I was thinking Pepe, to be fair. I think he's going to have a very good season. He's due a good season. Um, but I guess to be different, I'll go with, if he stays fit, I'll go with Kieran Tierney. Oh. Obvious reasons, mm-hmm. right? There's not really much to say about mm-hmm. why. Um, but yeah, I think he could potentially have a really, really good season. Um, especially if the, if the defence is solid, like as in the centre-backs next to him. Good point. He's got licence to roam. But I think it's the fitness, really. He seems to be picking up these injuries after Nero cursed him yeah. last season. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go Tierney. I'll go Tierney, player of the season. Um, can, I, I ask, can I ask a question? Yeah. Quick question, a quick poll. Which team do you think is going to be the biggest flop? In the league? The biggest under, underachievers in the, in the Premier League, yeah. I was going to say Everton. That's a good shout. Everton. Possible. Because you don't trust Rafa? I don't really know if they've really if they've really strengthened that much. I'm not sure. Um, and I don't think they looked particularly great last season, did they? They were like kind of average, ended up finishing fairly low down the table, didn't they? Despite Calvert-Lewin, all of Calvert-Lewin's goals. Yeah. And I think they had a good start to the season. I just don't really feel like they're going to be that impressive. Yeah, Not really a Rafa thing. I think Rafa could do a half-decent job. Like, it would be pretty solid and stuff, but it's not going to take... So I don't think he's going to take them to the next level, but now I've said that, they'll probably... Be challenging for top four or something. Uh, Everton or probably Spurs. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> I oh, those are those are two good. Uh, uh, so I I I think Aston Villa could well, but at the end of the day, like it's difficult because what is what is underachieving for Aston Villa and what is over is hard because you know they've they've been a relegation battling side who finished eleventh last season, but that was an anomaly. So what is what is a good season? Yeah, for? I reckon if Aston Villa finished below fifteenth this season, that would be really bad for them, right? Yeah, so I don't think they'll do that bad. But I think for yeah, okay. I, so I don't see Villa finishing in the top half. Yeah, I don't think they'll finish in the top which half, which I think is an underachievement for them. This yeah, season. I, I agree. So I think I think that might be a bit of an achievement. I think that's a really good shout on Everton, but I um, I, I think Spurs are gonna. I think it's hard for Spurs because I think that when you know, like, even if Harry, I, I almost think it's worse if Harry Kane doesn't go in some ways because I think if you're a squad, you know your star player like wants to leave. You know he wants to leave. You know he's just there because like you didn't, you didn't let him go. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just a vibe to it that I imagine isn't fun. Um, and 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 Nuno is is an interesting manager in that. Like, interesting, and in, I mean that by I'm not really sure if he's any good or not. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I think Southampton might get relegated. Oh, someone else said that to me yesterday. About, but I have a sneaky feeling Le- Leicester might not do so well this season. That's a good shout as well. Uh, they could also do really well and go and win the league. So <laughs> who knows? Uh, okay, cool. Uh, so halfway through, what did I say? Tierney and uh, surprise player, yeah, surprise player. Um, you guys named some good ones. Granite Jacker. I think Granite Jacker is going to have ah, a really good season. I think, good um, yeah, I, I, I think he he showed what he can do in the Euros. Uh, World Cup next season. I think he's got a bit of a point to prove as well now. Like Roma didn't stump up the money for him. Uh, obviously, he wanted to go, but I think he's got a bit of a point to prove to say, you know, you guys should have paid whatever it was for me um and i think he, i think disagree, he agree but let's see oh okay i think i think <laughs> no, i think he genuinely likes the club he just it was just he needed that change right um 
and obviously he looks like he's going to stay now. So I think um, I don't think he's ever been a player who doesn't give it give his all. So um, he's clearly a good player. It's just the inconsistency. I feel for him a bit as well because I feel that there's a lot. He, there'll be a lot of pressure on him as well because he can't if he goes out on the pitch and looks like at any point he's not giving a hundred percent then fans will be on his back in, you know, being like, oh, he wanted to leave. He doesn't want to be here. Like, you know, th- there'll be that. And I think, you know, I think he'll have that. But I, I actually agree with you, Mars. I think it could be, I think it really, it's interesting that none of us have spoken about Partey in this. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, he's, not, he's not bloody around, yeah, is yeah, he? That. He's injured again. Yeah. That, sneak, that sneaky little 50 million side. Yeah, our, star, our main <laughs> signing really last yeah. time, wasn't he? So. Oh, good. Right. Cool. So we go again in two days. Yeah, and we'll be back. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. We'll be back after the game uh, to, to discuss and 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 tear it apart. But hopefully, we'll be talking about a win, eh? All right, boys. Really Fingers good crossed. chat. Really good chat. And um, we'll speak soon. But thanks very much, and cheers for tuning in. Cheers, cheers, guys. Bye.